better fighting the virus of COVID-19, God. God, we lift them up in the name of Jesus, God. We send, oh God, your healing, God, over them, God. We thank you that your word says that you sent your word and you healed them, Jesus. God, we thank you for healing our nation, oh God. God, not only COVID-19, God, but God, I thank you, God, that you are the God, oh God, that still heals cancer, God. You still heal high blood pressure, God. You still heal diabetes, God. You still heal lupus, God. You still heal migraines, God. God, you still heal every disease, oh God. God, I thank you, God, that you were wounded for our transgressions, God. Bruised for our iniquities, God. By your stripes, God, we are healed, God. Father God, I thank you, God, that you sent your word and you healed them, God, from all of their diseases, God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, that healeth all of thy diseases, that forgiveth all of thy iniquities. God, we thank you, God, for the promises of your word, God. God, we thank you that you, you crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies, oh God.
are a provider. Lord, we acknowledge that you're faithful. God, we acknowledge that you're righteous. God, we acknowledge that you're holy. God, we acknowledge that you're a sustainer. God, we acknowledge that you're a healer. Oh, God, we need you. 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 Hallelujah. You're our way just dare you wherever you are wherever you are to set up an altar set up an altar to your God and bring him your sacrifice of praise we're thankful that in this time God is illuminating the church's eyes and showing us that church is not just in these four walls it's not just in this edifice but we are the church and wherever the spirit reigns there is liberty and the spirit reigns in us the spirit resides in us he's a way maker you're a provider yeah. if he's made a way for you go ahead and lift your hands wherever you are if he's made a way for you lift up your hands wherever you are if he's made a way for you lift your hands wherever you are to you. You are a way maker. We thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. Standing here, not knowing how we'll get through this test, but holding on to faith you know best. And nothing can catch you by surprise. You've got this figured out and watching us now. And when it looks as if we can't win, you wrap us in your arms and step in. And everything we need you supply. You've got this in control, and now we know that you made a way. When our backs were against the wall, and it looked as if it was over, you, you made a way. And I'm standing here only because you.
looking back on where we've come from It's because of you and nothing we've done oh, To deserve the love and mercy you've shown your grace was strong enough to pick us up and you you made a way help me say when our backs were against the wall and it looks as if it was old you
And I'm standing here only because you made. And I'm standing here only because you made. Oh my, I'm standing here only because you made. You're the God of the impossible. You're the God of the impossible. You're the God of the impossible. You are the God who moves mountains. You're the God who walks us through valleys. You provide for us, Jesus. You sustain us, Jesus. You sustain us, Jesus. When we didn't know how we were going to make it. When we didn't know how we were going to make it. When we didn't see how we were going to make it. We fixed our We fixed our eyes on you. 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 The author and the finisher of our faith. The author and finisher of our faith. The author and finisher of our faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for standing at the beginning. Thank you, Lord, for being all throughout the middle. And thank you, Lord, for being right at the end. Oh, glory to your name, Jesus. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. Lord, when things look different, when things look like they've changed, we call upon the God call upon the God who stays the same. Glory to your name, God. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God who changes not. You are a God who changes not. You are a God who changes not. In this time of, of sure uncertainty, it's important that we continue to recognize that even when we feel doubt, when we feel fear, when we feel anxiety, when we feel worry, that we fix our eyes to our Savior. And even in those times, we lift our hands in worship. As Job was being afflicted, one of the first things he did was tore off his garments and worshiped the Lord. And it is the mandate on the house of God and the people of God to worship in this time. So even in this time, we cast out the spirit of anxiety. We cast out the spirit of fear. We cast out the spirit of worry. And we allow faith to rise and allow our worship to rise. We choose to exalt you. We choose to exalt you. This is our choice. This is the mandate on our life for us to exalt you. Yeah, yeah. 
in this moment we call you who you are. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Zikhanuah, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shalom. We speak peace, we speak peace, we speak peace, we speak peace. We speak peace, we speak peace. We speak peace, we speak peace. We come against every spirit of fear and anxiety and worrying. Thank you, Lord, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you've given us one of power and of love and of a sound mind. We speak sound we speak sound minds into the atmosphere. We speak sound minds into the atmosphere. Oh. oh. And in this moment we say, and I'll forever be chasing after you. I'll be
Thank you, Jesus. Just for 30 more seconds, just let his praises, let his presence just reign over your life right now, right where you are, in your living room, in your bedroom, wherever you may be, just let the Lord's presence reign over your life. Thank you, Jesus. You are our God, Father. We bless your name. We honor you, God. Thank you, God. All over this county, God, all over this nation, we exalt the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Well, God bless you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. It's good to be in fellowship with the saints one more time. The devil can't stop us from worshiping. <laughs> he can't stop us from lifting up the name of Jesus. And we're still connected, even though we're not here together, all together, but we're connected in spirit. That's the awesomeness of our God. So we greet you in the matchless name of Jesus, the Christ. Uh, we love everybody. We miss everybody so dearly being able to see your smiling faces, uh, to hug you, to embrace you, to ask you how you're doing personally, but we bless you for God keeping and sparing your life. He is a keeper and he's keeping us in this season. Um, we're just letting you know that God loves you. We're doing our best to reach out to you in the midst of what we're going through. We know that we're shut down in a lot of ways, but we're still exalting the name of Jesus. The doors of the church may be closed, but the church is not closed. We're still pushing out the gospel. We're reaching out to you. Some of you may be gotten a call already. Because checking in how you're doing, maybe you have the thing that you need. Some of our elderly, those of them need some help. We just want to be able to help and serve as we can. So just continue to pray. Continue to reach out um, as, you, as needed. Uh, and God is going to bring us through. You know, in our nation, uh, just passed the largest aid package we've had in our history. Um, so much uncertainty and uh, the government's trying its best to, to try to keep people employed during this time and to aid. Um, and even ourselves having to look at some things to, to move forward. But we, we trust God in it all. Um, we trust God in it all. We know he's sovereign. And as we read in our book that it was God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we're reading this book, Big Truths for Young Hearts. And it just reminds us of the goodness of God. And last week we read about how God made the universe. But this week we're coming on reading, uh, beginning today, where it talks about God controls the universe. And yes, through all of this, he is yet still in control. Uh, and as you read in the book this week and you read the scripture, I'm just encouraged in Matthew 6, where he says, you can just look at the lilies of the field. Uh, and how they're arrayed in all their beauty, and one day yet they will die. But us, who he's created in his own image, who he's designed for us to live eternally with him, if he cares for the lilies of the field, know that he cares for us, amen? And God will take care of us according to his plan and his purpose. So be encouraged in your reading as you're strengthened at home, because we still want to know about this great God uh, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our situations. We're going to get into the Word of God for today. We're going to go to the book of Joshua. We've been in Joshua defining our church on assignment as we're walking with God. We're going to consider a couple of verses on your own time. Please read chapter 7, read chapter 8. But I'm just going to pick out a few verses for context, and then we will hear what God would say to us today. Joshua chapter 7. 
beginning at verse number one. It says, but the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. We'll drop down to verse number 19. It says, now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I have done. When I saw amongst the spoils of a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them and there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it one last two verses chapter number eight chapter number eight the first two verses say this now the lord said to joshua do not be afraid nor be dismayed take all the people of war with you and arise go up to see a see i have given you in your hands the king of a his people, his city, and his land. And you, what do you say there? And you shall do to A and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoils and its cattle you shall take as booty for yourselves. Lay an ambush for the city behind it. Amen to the redeeming God's word. Just want to talk from the subject. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Let us pray. Father, we again, we thank you and we bless you for this time. We thank you for the privilege of being able to come before you, and yet we are one body. God, lifting you up, God, in this season. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters, oh God, uh, going through so many different things, job uncertainty, maybe loss of job, can't see family members in the hospital. Father, I bless you, Lord, that you heal hearts and you comfort us even now in this moment. But God, we trust you, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. Your word is life for us. Speak to us as only you can. And we bless you. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place, in this moment. Oh, God, wherever we are, we know you're everywhere, Father. And we bless you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. You know, it's, it's, it's challenging. Our hearts are broken. If your heart's not broken in many ways, you might have to check your pulse. It's just difficult doing graveyard funerals with only 10 family members able to show up, uh, um, loved ones that are in nursing homes, which we cannot go and see. Um, it hurts. It hurts to hear family members and people, maybe yourself losing job or temporary not paid or whatever the situation is. It's, it's difficult um, time that we're in. So we've got to remember um, that and continue to stay prayerful. But as we're going through this, this, this study in Joshua, he's helping us to walk with him because we do know there's an assignment to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation. And this gospel is still going to be preached and people are still going to be saved, delivered and set free. And I'm still excited about that, even as God puts us in this challenge. Who would have thought that we would start off the year this way? But often when we're starting and getting into relationships, one of the things that we always look at is, am I able to be faithful? Um, we don't like to always say that, but I know when I'm talking with the brothers, you know, hey, this is what you're going to do. Are you going to be faithful? 
And it's challenging. You look at a new job you're going to take and you say to yourself, am I, am I really going to be able to be faithful to what the job requires of me? Our faithfulness, our fidelity is important. Because sometimes we're tempted to go after the next best thing. You know, we, we are comfortable for a while, but as soon as the next best thing comes our way, uh, we may be tempted to stray and move. Or sometimes when things aren't going the way that we think they ought to go, we start to wonder if I'm not going to get what I want out of this situation. And we may lack faithfulness. But I'm here to remind us about God. And God is faithful. Psalms 86, 15 reminds us that he is a faithful God. And even when we're not faithful, when even when we mess up and make mistakes, God is yet faithful to us. And our faithfulness to God doesn't necessarily uh, make God do anything different than he was already going to do because God was going to do what he's going to do anyway. But it's important for us to look at our end of the bargain. Remember that God would like us and wants us and desires us to be faithful to him. Even when it's difficult, even when we can't see our way, even when we don't understand, God is looking for us to be faithful. Somebody say faithful. The children of Israel had just defeated Jericho and in chapter six, they had just heard from God about how to do that. And they just had a major victory. It destroyed uh, the largest city that they were getting ready to face. And the walls came tumbling down as God had promised them that it would. And this land, we got to understand, was promised to them by God. It was their inheritance. It, it, it was their inheritance because they were in relationship with God. They were in relationship with Abraham. It was their inheritance. And so the rightful owner of the land, God himself, was evicting the people that were in it that he had given time to repent. They didn't repent. He was evicting them. He was using the children of Israel to be able to do that process. And the Bible says that on, they went around the wall of Jericho seven times. And on the seventh day, the wall came tumbling down. And the only thing that was spared, uh, the only thing that was spared was Rahab, who had put her trust in God. And it reminds us of Romans chapter 10, 13, that says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so she had put her faith in God, even though she wasn't a Jew, she believed in the God of the Jews. She believed in the true and living God. And the Bible says that if you call on him, you'll be saved. And so it didn't matter what color she was, what race she was, that she was saved in that moment. And God keeps his word because he is faithful. But yet after they get off Jericho, there's another city that's right in front of them called A, or it's spelled A-I, but it's pronounced A. And it was another city that needed to be conquered. And we got to understand that as Joshua and the children of Israel moving forth, the Bible tells us in chapter 12 that he had defeated 31 kings by the time he was old, but yet there was still territory still not taken. In other words, he had ba battled a while. He would go this, through these battles for a while, and he gets older and is not able to continue anymore, but yet all the territory still hadn't been conquered. But he had to de defeat 31 enemies. He had to take 31 nations, take down 31 kings. And I want to remind us of this major point that walking with God requires facing your enemies. Uh, walking with God requires facing your enemies. Matthew chapter 4 uh, verse 1, it says, then Jesus was led up into the spirit of the wilderness uh, to be tempted of the devil. And why is that important? See, I'm telling you, Jericho was one city, but as soon as they got past Jericho, here comes another one. And Jesus himself, the Bible says, was led by the Spirit of God, led by God's Spirit into the wilderness for what purpose? To be tempted by the devil. When you walk with God, he's going to put you into some situations where you're going to have to confront some of your enemies. 
We understand that Jesus was the great Joshua. He's the true Joshua, the Yeshua. And he defeated all of our enemies. He defeated death. He defeated hell. He defeated great. And he won our inheritance. We know that already. But in this walk with God, we're going to have to face some enemies that we may not want to face. And situations like we're going through are causing us or forcing us uh, to be able to confront some enemies in our life that need to be addressed. Some of us have to confront fear in this time. We thought maybe we dealt with fear before, but here is fear looking us right in the face. Uh, am I going to have a job tomorrow? Am I, are my children going to be able to do what they need to do in order to go forth? Some of us have fear that we've got to face. For some of us, it's anxiety. Some of us, we're nervous. Uh, we're shaking because we just don't know what, what's going to happen to our parent or what's going to happen to our financial situation. Whatever the case is, anxiety has taken us. Some of us, our greed has hit us. We, we, we thought we were doing well. We thought we were taking everything. We were, we were getting greedy, but now I'm dealing with this greed. Was I really too greedy in some things? Some of us, it's, it's bitterness. Now I got to be able to call some people and deal with some siblings that I hadn't talked to in a while because I was bitter at them. But the situation is now forcing me to have to pick up the phone and, and call my sister or pick up the phone and call my brother or my father who I have real issue with or what he did with me as a child. I got to call him in the nursing home just to see that, that he's all right. It's, called, it's confronting me with some battles I'm going to have to face. Some of us, it's self-esteem. If I, if I lose my job, who am I? I don't know who I am anymore. I'm going through some, my identity has been stripped from me. I used to get up and put makeup on and go out the door and had a purpose in life, but now I seem like I can't do that anymore. And, and who am I in this season. This season, God, God, he didn't cause it, but he allows us to be able to confront some enemies. And, there, and let's be honest, there's some warfare going on in our minds. We've been sitting at home just battling some of us. It seems like there's just too much time just in our minds and just thinking about, am I going to have enough? And what if this goes to June? What's going to happen? And what if this has to go all the way to September? What's going to happen? And our mind starts racing. And that's where the battlefield takes place. It takes place in our minds. Let's be honest. Our minds are racing. Let's be honest. Our minds are going through. I've even been thinking about, oh, my Lord, what may happen? The enemy's trying to attack us in some areas, but we got to realize the second major point that we've got to fight one battle at a time. He brought them through Jericho. That's one battle. Now he has A right here. That's another battle. Just fight one battle at a time. When we think about when somebody gets saved, they, they come to the Lord. Uh, often one of the mistakes that we make is we start to size them up about what they need to change and about what God needs to do in them. And so we're looking at and we see a cigarette. Yeah, God needs to deliver them that. We see an alcohol bottle. Yeah, God needs to just deliver them of that. And we may see some other proclivities and some other issues in their life. And we have this tendency to want to size people up about the things that they need to be delivered from. But sometimes you just don't realize the battle that it took just for somebody to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Sometimes we don't really appreciate the battle that it took just for somebody to even tune in to a broadcast like this because they've been broken. They've been hurt in some places. They, they've had to have some pride broken down in their lives and you're worried about a cigarette but God is delivering them a pride. See, but we can't get worried about this issue and this issue and this issue. Sometimes we just got to realize that we've got to fight one battle at a time. Yeah, the cigarette will, will go away in time, but I got to get rid of this bitterness. You see what I'm saying? The cigarette may drop off another time, but I got to get rid of this pride, this hurt that's in my life. One battle at a time. 
Jesus, when it te- was tempted in the garden, he had to go through the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That's where all of our temptations come. But he, he defeated each one in sequence, each one, one battle at a time. 2 Corinthians 4 and 8 says this, that we are perplexed on, on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. You say, Pastor Tony, yeah, it seems like I got lots of things going on many sides. I got my kids. And I'm trying to keep them still and keep them occupied. I got my job. I'm, I'm trying to do this over here. And I got my family members in the, in the nursing home over here. I got all these different issues. But he said, these things are happening, but we're not crushed. You see what I'm saying? Yes, they're happening, but they haven't crushed us. Yes, they're happening, but we don't need to be in despair. And yes, they're happening, but we're not destroyed. He goes on to say, we got to remember what Christ has done, that Christ has already given us the victory, and it's that victory that he's given us that would give us life in moments like this. And we got to realize just in this moment, let's be honest, some of what we were thinking was going to happen is not going to happen. Sometimes our ideas might not work, but God's purpose always will. Always will. God's purpose will always work. Some of the thoughts that we had about what we were going to do, it might not work the way that we thought it was going to work, but his purpose will prevail. And the Spirit of God is leading us into some conflicts with some enemies that we've got to face. It's not the devil, it's God. God allowed this to be this so we can face some of these enemies. But I'm here to encourage us that we're going to defeat every enemy that comes in to our lives. We've got to be reminded what Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us that we have the helmet of salvation. And yes, I'm facing my, my anxiety, but guess what? I am still saved. I am bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I got the helmet of salvation. So even when the enemy tries to speak death and doom and gloom to me, I got to realize that I am saved and my destiny is in heaven. My eternity is there. My father is keeping me. I have the helmet of salvation. He goes on to tell us that we've got the shield of faith. How many realize that faith is a weapon? It's a shield for us. When the enemy tries to say, your bank account is going to go down and down. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your car. All these things that the enemy tries to tell us. We got to realize I got faith to believe God. And yeah, the government's going to send me a check and all all those things. I, I, I understand that, but my hope is not in the government. My hope is in God. My faith is in God that I put my trust in him. I believe in him that he's going to keep me, that he that keeps Israel that neither slumbers nor sleep. He's not sleep on the job, and even though I might have to go some sort of things, he is going to keep me. Finally, I realized that I got the sword of the Spirit. I've got the Word of God as my, my weapon, that I can put out my Bible. I can pull out my Word, and I can get through these wars that are going on in my mind. I'm passing down imaginations. I'm lifting up the name of Jesus by his word. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? That we've got to fight one battle at a time. Beloved, don't get overwhelmed. Don't get taken abroad with all these things that are happening. Just fight one battle at a time. If you know that God is dealing with some issues now, just deal with that one issue that he's placed in front of you in this season. Because you will ultimately get the victory. Fight one battle at a time. I know it's difficult, beloved. There's so much going on, but it's just one battle at a time. You're not going to win the war by winning every single battle all at once. It's one battle at a time. We're being go- going from faith to faith and glory to glory. Sanctification of what God is doing in our lives, it's a process. One battle at a time. So we hear the children of Israel They're going in, they just defeated Jericho, and now they're getting ready to go to this second battle against A. 
But when we looked in the scripture, chapter one, uh, chapter seven, verse one, it seemed like there was a problem. And there was a problem because somebody had sinned and they lost this battle. And I don't know about you, but I hate losing. You know, I'm a competitive person. Losing, it just, it does something to me. It, 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 it hurts. It hurts bad. You know, I, I don't like losing. And, and, and in basketball, you know, I'm a Georgetown fan, and I love Georgetown. But I remember back in the days in the 80s, Georgetown had the best team in the nation. They had just won the championship the year before, and now the championship of 85 was here. They get all the way to the championship game, and they lose. They're the number one seed, and they lose to Villanova who was in their conference, who they'd beaten three times already. And they wait to the championship game to lose. They lost. And we got to realize sometimes we lose because we, we do some things like underestimate the enemy. See, see, the children of Israel went out to spy A, and they saw that it was a small city, and they, they didn't need to bring everybody. So they said, no, we don't need to bring everybody. We can just bring a few people, and we should be able to win this battle. But we got to realize that everybody's needed to get through this thing. We can't just leave people behind because we underestimate what this is going to take. I think sometimes even as a nation, we may have underestimated COVID-19 and what it was really going to take to be able to get through it. We just thought it wasn't everybody. So even as it's going on, you got young people, they was at the beach and they was partying like rock stars, saying, ain't nobody going to stop my party. But you, everybody's trying to shut stuff down, but we out barbecuing, we out partying because we think that I can just do kind of what I want to do because it's not going to impact me. I, I'm young. It, it's not going to hit me. It's nothing's going won't happen but we got to realize that it takes everybody and we can't underestimate the enemy so they made a mistake they underestimated the enemy and they only sent out a, a small amount of people but then the bible says they went to i and then i the men of i came after them and, and they had to turn back they had to turn their back and start running for their lives and the bible said 36 men were killed that day and the children of israel lost that battle see and it's just like on the heels of victory you just came off a great victory you just came off a Jericho experience, but then now you're getting your, your butt handed to you in, in, in a battle because you underestimated the enemy and there was some sin in the camp. So the moving along, the Bible says in chapter 7 that Joshua was distraught. He didn't know what. So he went on his face and said, God, you know, I'm praying to you, man. What's going on here? Um, you, you brought us out, you know, and, I, and then he says something like this. Would it have been better had we just stayed on the other side of the Jordan? And, and I'm here to encourage somebody because I know we've had those thoughts in our own minds. This year, we decided we were going to study God's word. This year, we decided we were going to know this God. This year, we decided we were going to be faithful in our tithes and offering. This year, we decided we was going to do some things for God. But then all of a sudden, this happened. <laughs> Come on, you am I talking to anybody? You used to just come to church every once in a while and really didn't invest too much, but now you decided, you know what, I'm going to invest in this thing. I'm going to start walking with God. And as soon as you start doing that, then all of a sudden something like this happens. And it makes us think, if I would have just stayed where I was, if I would have just, just, just <laughs> come on, if I would have just stayed where I was and just did what I was doing, you know, I feel I would have been better off. And this is what Joshua begins to say. He said, if we would have just stayed on the other side, maybe this wouldn't happen. Did you bring us over? here to get our, 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 us killed. And then he says, so what's going to happen to your great name? What are you going to do about your great name when, when, we're, when we're dead and this thing is going on? And God says, so listen, boy, get up. Get, get, get up off your face. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. He says, the problem is that Israel has sin, that there's sin in the camp. And so I want to pose this question. What happens, what would happen if we treated sin like we treat COVID-19? So that, so... <laughs> 
So when, when, when there's sin, you know, we quarantine ourselves. You know, when, when, when I'm in sin, I just self-quarantine. I just go over here for our 14 days. I know, I know I'm sinning. I know I'm messed up. I know I've, I've, I'm just going to go ahead and self-quarantine because I don't want to spread nothing over here. And then social distancing, you know, when somebody in sin, we kind of make sure we keep our distance, you know, stay at least six feet away so, so sin don't, don't jump over and, and, and get us. What if we took sin that seriously, the way that we have to come to a place that we are constantly washing our hands to make sure that we stayed clean from sin. <laughs> because we have to remember that nothing stops spiritual progress more than sin. Sin stops spiritual progress and disobedience is a momentum killer. When, when we got momentum going on, the thing is it's, it's disobedience that kills that momentum. This is a battle that they easily should have won. <laughs> it, it was a battle that they easily should have won, but they lost the battle because sin was in the camp. God says to the people, he says, listen, the people have sinned. They've broken or transgressed my covenant. And I'm not going to get too deep in it, but covenant is important to God. It's, it's a cutting of flesh. That's what it literally means is that God, would, you would cut a flesh and you would walk between it. That means making the two one, that the two were ever together. Like marriage is a covenant. The two become one. But when covenant is broken, people feel it. And God felt it. He said, somebody done broke the, broke the covenant. I feel this thing. And the Bible said that his anger was raised up, up against the people. He felt it. And so he goes in and says, you know, somebody sinned. And then we find out that the person who sinned was Achan. And Achan finally comes out. And here's the problem. Achan didn't acknowledge his sin right away. He made them go through a whole process of calling each tribe, each clan, each family, each man. By the time he finally said, okay, it's me. But he says, listen, it was me. You know what? When we were in Jericho, I saw a Babylonian garment, and I saw some silver, and I saw some gold. And the Bible says, he said, I coveted them. In other words, I wanted them. That word covet means wanting something too much. Wanting something too much, even ahead of God. See, Achan wanted the clothes and he wanted the money more than he wanted to be in covenant relationship with his God. And in this season, let's ask ourselves, are there some things that maybe we want too much uh, ahead of God? Are, are there some things that we're putting ahead of him? That, 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 that we're coveting more. We're coveting the, 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 the promotion, and, we're, and we're, we're coveting certain things ahead of God. We're coveting our own selves. We're covering stuff, potentially, more than we may be going after our God. And so here he is. He says, it was me. So part two we need to make this is that we need to stay faithful by confessing and repenting of our sins. James 1, 12 to 15 says this, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Listen, beloved, he says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt himself. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. And then when his desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth 
death. Believe it, it's us. We got to look at our own desires. And in this season, we got to look at our own desires and make sure that we're not wanting anything more than we want God. See, when God is blessing us, it's not necessarily just for us to be able to put ourselves on a pedestal. He's blessing us for his glory. Are you with me? And so we can't want anything more than we want God. Progress is strengthened by obedience. See, progress is strengthened by our obedience. Stay with me just for a second. I'm almost done. Romans 5, 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were sinners, so also by one man's obedience many became the righteous. In other words, by Adam's fall and his disobedience, everybody became sinner. But by Jesus Christ's obedience, we all became righteous. And if we want to get to the right standing of God, we got to practice obedience. And let's make this real practical even in this time. When the, when the government says stay home and stay out of certain places, stay home and stay out of certain places. We've just got to be able to practice obedience because obedience helps get the job done. Obedience helps make us progress. Many of our children are going to go on to school online. And sometimes that's going to look like a joke. Why are we even online doing this? But listen, just be obedient to what you're told to do. If they tell you to do an assignment, do the assignment. If they tell you to watch them on some type of chat, watch them on some type of chat. Do what you're asked to do. Disobedience would never get you to a place of blessing. But it's obedience that helps progress go forth into the righteousness of God. In this season, just be obedient. Because guess what? I know it's a season where disobedience and temptation is going to come. <laughs> because when it starts to get hard, we often are tempted to do stuff that we know that we should not be doing. <laughs> there may be some under the money under the table money that we may be able to get, and we're going to be tempted to do that. Come on in here, somebody. <laughs> Ways to do some things that might not be right, but we've got to be stay faithful to God and stay obedient to do what he's called for us to do. Obedience is essential in this season. Somebody say obedience. Be obedient in this season. It's difficult, but be obedient in this season. Yes, get online with your Chromebook and do what they ask you to do in this season. Your education matters, young people, in this season. It may not be typical fashion, but it's going to move you forward so that you don't go backward in this season. Obedience. 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 I hear to my spirit, just, just obey. Watch this. And I'm closing. <laughs> you say, Pastor Tony, this seems heavy. No, this is what God wants us to hear in this season. <laughs> because we got to understand that the end of a thing is, is, is there for us, right? So God's end and God's purpose is always to bless his people. I wish I had some help in here. See, God always wants to bless his people. God is not here trying to make people suffer. God's not here to try to make people feel bad. God is here to bless his people people. He gave us his word for a reason. He gave us his word so that he can heal us. He gave us his word that it can be a light for us, that when we can't see our way, we have light in his word. He gave us his word that when we are afflicted of the pains of life, that we can be comforted by his word. He gave us his word for a reason. And he didn't shed his blood on Calvary's cross for no reason. He didn't cut flesh for no reason. He did it so that he can give us forgiveness of sin. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that I'm forgiven today. 
He didn't die on a cross and cut a new covenant in his blood so that I can be downtrodden or I can be broken, that I can have anxiety so that I can have fear and I can have self-esteem issues. He did it so that he can lift me up and give me the life that he created me to have. He cut flesh for a reason. He gave me right to the tree of life and not just in the good sweet by and by when I get to heaven, but he's also got some blessing for me here, even in the earth realm, if I trust him and if I obey him, he always has the, the, the idea to bless his people. So we realize that when Achan sinned, that he had to be stoned, that he was cut off. But the Bible says in chapter 8, verse 1, that God says, okay, now I'm getting ready to take you to give you I. See, I've given you A into your hands. I've given you the king. I've given you the land. I've given you everything. And this is what he says. He says, he says this. He says, and I'm even giving you the spoils of the land. <laughs> that is some good news for us today. See, if Achan had just been obedient, what he was coveting, he would have gotten anyway. <laughs> you see, if he would have just waited on God to do what he was going to do, see, God told him, no, don't take this spoil, but to wait. But he couldn't help himself. So he had to go take something for himself, and it got him cut off. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, if you just wait, Wait on God, the blessing will be there. God's design is to bless you. His design is not to keep from you. His design is to bless you in his time and in his season. If Achan would simply have waited on God, he would have realized that God is a good God and he's a faithful God and he'll bless you in time. How many realize that God is gracious? He's a God of a second chance. When the children of Israel lost the battle the first time, they could have lost it and been all killed because of sin. But God didn't kill them all. He gave them a second chance. I'm so excited about the grace of God today because his grace is going to keep us in this season. Even when it make it hard and difficult, I'm here to let you know that God's grace will keep you in this season. His grace is sufficient for me. Like Apostle Paul said, when I'm going through and I got a thorn in my side, when the financial cramps may hit me and I know they may hit some of us, when family members are going through it may hit some of us, his grace is still sufficient for us. We should have been cut off, but he kept us. We should have been dead, but he kept us. His grace is sufficient for us. Stay faithful to him, y'all. Stay faithful to him. And finally, we got to realize God says, I'm giving you the land. I'm giving you the king. I'm giving you the spoil. We got to remember that it's God who gives us the victory. Come on, shout and hear somebody. So it's God who gives us the victory. And the good news, it doesn't matter how much we have. It doesn't matter how little we have. How much or little doesn't really matter. It's God who's the one that gives the victory. Go back in scripture. Gideon had thousands of men, but God told him that's too many men, Gideon. You got to cut them down. He had thousands more men. He said, no, Gideon, you don't need thousands. He took Gideon down to 300 men. All Gideon had was 300 men, but the good news is they weren't his men, they were God's men. And God is the one who gave the victory. So Gideon defeated thousands upon thousands with only 300 men because it's God who's the one that gives the victory. I'm remembering in the New Testament, the woman with the issue of blood, the woman with the issue of blood spent all her money. The Bible seems to indicate that she had plenty of money. She spent 12 years of money trying to get healed from her issue. But the Bible said after she spent all her money, the only thing that she had left was the faith that God had given her. And it wasn't the money that was going to give her the victory. It was the faith that God would victory. That she said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. The Bible says she reached 
reached out in faith and she was made whole. It wasn't her that got the victory. It wasn't the money that got the victory. It wasn't the house that got the victory. It wasn't the circumstance that got the victory. Victory still belongs to Jesus. And when he's ready to give victory, he's going to give victory. You still don't believe me. I'm reminded of James and Peter as they were going to the temple. They said to the, the beggar that was there, he said, silver and gold have I none. In other words, I have got a whole bunch of money for you, but such as I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They didn't have no big building. They didn't have all the kind of stuff. All they had was a word that came from God. The Bible says they preached and thousands came to Jesus. The Bible said, what? oh, come on in here, somebody. When God is ready to give the victory, he's going to give the victory. So I'm just encouraging somebody today, stay faithful to the God of the victory. He will give you an opportunity to get through this. It ain't always going to be like this. We're going to come out of this. I don't know when, but we're coming out of this. But while we go through each battle, stay faithful. War with the weapons of your warfare. War with the word. War with prayer. Beat fear. Defeat anxiety. Defeat low self-esteem. In the name of Jesus, stay faithful to our God. Stay obedient to God. When it gets hard, when you get cabin fever, when you want to do some stuff you're not supposed to do, when you're bored online, when you're bored with your class, stay obedient. Stay faithful to God. When the side hustles that you know you shouldn't be doing, when the opportunities come, when you're looking around, trust God. Don't be disobedient. Stay faithful to God. Because in due time, we shall have the victory. Stay faithful, beloved. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. He cares. He knows. He cares for us in this season. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. I can't say it enough. Stay faithful, beloved. I'm telling you, those who are faithful in the end, he's going to bless. Because your faith is not in circumstances. Your faith is not in stuff. You didn't die because the enemy came at you and hit you hard. But you stayed faithful. You trusted him. And he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on us. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but we know that God is keeping. And I just want to pray for you right now. I know many of you like me, I've had lots of thoughts going in my mind. Trust me, I didn't believe starting off a pastorate it was going to look like this. This is not what I would have described. This is not what I would have had. But it's not about what I'm doing. It's about what God is doing. And I got to trust him and stay faithful. I told him I would declare his word. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I just challenge you today to stay faithful. Whether there's nobody in the building, whether there's nobody tuned in, I'm going to stay faithful to proclaim Jesus because it's him that we need in this season. Yes, yes, we have finances, we have issues, we have challenges, we have hurt, we have pain. Graduations no longer, proms no longer, wedding plans turned upside down, gravesite funerals, all of these things, they hurt. But God has not forsaken us. Stay faithful.
Stay faithful because he'll use you in this season and he'll bless you abundantly. Father, I thank you and I bless you for your church worldwide. Help us to stay faithful, God. Help us to stay faithful to you, God. It seems like every day there's a battle after another, but let us not be overwhelmed. But let's trust you and let's fight one battle at a time. God, I thank you that we'll be obedient in this season. Obedience is going to give us progress. And I thank you that you're going to bless us in time. I pray that there's, our faith doesn't fail us. And God, those of us who may lose some, if we stay faithful, but like Job, you'll bless us with double for our trouble to show that you love us and you care for us to be a testimony for you in the earth. And so we bless you and we honor you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Real quickly, most important part of, of what we do is somebody here today that does not know Jesus. You may be watching, tuning in, and you've never confessed him. And this moment has brought you to a place where you realize that there's a God greater than you. And there's a Christ who got on a cross that died for you. If there's somebody that wants to be saved, you want to give your life, you give your heart to the Lord. Just say, Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I realize I'm a sinner. I realize I have not been walking with you. I've not been faithful. I've turned from you. But I turn back to you now. I confess my sin. It was me. I wanted something more than you. But I repent. And I receive forgiveness right now in the name of Jesus. You are my Savior, you are my Lord, and you are my God. And I receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer, please reach out to us. Let us know that you've given your life to Jesus. Let somebody that you know that's following him, let them know, I've given my life to Jesus. Help me, encourage me in this faith walk. And this is not just for a COVID season, but this is for eternity that you will walk and talk and live your life for Jesus. Somebody looking to join a church? This is a great church. We're virtual, but you can still join the church. Just let us know. Reach out to us. Say, I want to belong to this fellowship. This is where I want to grow. This is where I want to be nurtured. We would love to have you in Jesus' name. God bless you. And our last thing today before the announcements come, we're going to pray over our offering and pray over our giving. I just want to encourage us that those who are working and God is still blessing us, he's still giving us increase. Let's still be faithful to God even in our giving. The church is still moving forward. Yeah, we still have things that we need to do as a church. And we still need to move forward in those things so that this gospel can still be preached. We will be back. We will be back together. But we want to be back stronger than the last time you were here because this gospel is so important in this season. So I pray that those that tithe, those that give their offering, please continue to do that. We have ways to do that online. Give the five, PayPal, Cash App. Give unto the Lord. It's not about us. It's about God's work being done in the earth and it's still happening. Those who can give extra, we ask you, please give, give faithfully as the Lord would direct you to do that so that his work and his kingdom can still go forward. Let's pray. Father, we praise you for the increase that you've given us. We thank you, God, for that increase, and we trust you. We trust you, God. As we're obedient in our tithes, we're obedient in our offering, we say, God, we trust you. You keep the devour from us. 
And you'll bless us in season, oh God. Help us to be faithful, God. And I pray that you'll meet every need, that there's no lack. There's not one feeble one amongst us. But if we have to help each other in the natural, we will do that so that we all get through this together. Not for our glory, but for your glory. And we honor you and we thank you. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Please pay attention to these following announcements.